G'day everybody and welcome to the second episode of ChronicleChamber.com's The X-Band Phantom Podcast. Uh, this episode we'll be talking about the recent Chronicle Chamber gathering and the Lee Fork Memorial Bengala Explorers Club dinner that was in Sydney uh, last weekend. So to talk um, to us about those two things, I have with me Jermaine Parker, who has been a Phantom fan for a long time now. Jermaine, would you like to say day to everyone? Hey, good day, everyone. <laughs> right, so um, Jermaine, tell us a little bit about how you got into the Phantom um, and a little bit about yourself. So what, what, what is it about the Phantom that you love? Okay, um, what is it about the Phantom I love? I guess uh, he's, he's a human being, like he doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess uh, probably like a lot of people, um, it was a lot of it had to do with my, uh, my father. My stepdad, who read the comic as a ch- as a child, and also used to read them as an adult, um, and so I always had the Phantom and Asterix and Tintin um, around as a, as a child, um, and then it was back in 1995. Um, I was on the, on my way to a mission trip in Indonesia, and I picked up a Phantom comic, my first one I ever brought. Which was one one two five a setup, I believe it was. Oh yeah, that's a brilliant issue. That. Yeah, to this day, it's still probably one of my probably my top five or top ten stories. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd have to agree. Probably, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of the uh, Harrison Ford, uh, you know, the Hunted movie. Oh yeah. Just you know, nonstop, he's just you know being chased and stuff like that, uh, like any good action flick. Yeah, and then um, the picture, sorry. Yeah, and the cover as well was really good as well. Yeah, and I, and I love the picture, um, like most through issues. The picture on the cover is actually a scene from the comic, and the actual, because um, I think it's broken up into two parts within the issue, and I think that scene is the end of the first part. And then the reveal of how that situation gets re- gets resolved in the second part is just is just brilliant. It's one of those things that when I read it, I thought, oh, that's amazing, and I've kind of never forgotten it. So um, I won't spoil it for anyone that hasn't read it, but it's really good. Yeah, no, totally agree. So um, I, I think around then, around there was a real uh, great time to jump onto the fan as well because you had the movie, you had all the cards, mm-hmm. uh, you had all the memorabilia from Granny Mays and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it was uh, 95 that issue came out, so it would have been building up for the movie. So, yeah, all the merchandise would have been out and in full force at that time. Yeah, so that's when I started collecting, um, and I guess I've never never looked back, and um, my collection's grown, and yeah, it's, um, yeah, just ask the wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've posted some pretty cool photos on Phantom Collector of your Phantom Room and all the stuff you've been picking up. Really nice. Okay, so actually collecting... Um, is a nice segue into the episode topic, which is, like I said at the start, the gathering and the Lee Fork dinners. Um, the gathering we've been doing for a couple of years now. Um, I think the first one was, what is it, 2013? So the first one would have been 2009, I think. Yeah, that's um, So basically, for those of you that don't know, the gathering is just a bunch of Phantom fans from all around Australia meet up at the Supernova Comic Convention in Sydney, and we basically go in and fight 
over the collectibles and so forth that are on sale there, and then we go out for lunch and have a bit of a bit of a chat, and then often back into the con to buy more stuff. So unfortunately, I didn't get to go this year, having just bought a house. I didn't really have the money, but Jermaine was um, able to go, and he's uh, got lots of interesting stuff to tell us about it. I'm sure. Yeah, no, it was um, probably the best like gathering supernova and dinner that I've been to in the last uh, four years. Oh wow! Uh, there probably wasn't. Uh, I remember the first year in 2009 when um, uh, Nigel Johnson had his store, so mm-hmm. there wasn't as much phantom stuff as probably back then when you know uh, he had lots and lots of phantom stuff stashed away. Um, we, you know, I managed to get a few little things like they had some uh, 1,032 uh, annuals in their original wrapping for about 10 bucks each. Oh wow! Um, you know, obviously there was uh, Alex, and there was also George Perez, who's done a, um, a comics review uh, cover. Um, and there was quite a few stores that had some um, older comics as well from uh, older throughs, so that was also good as well. I know. Um, a few guys managed to fill in some, uh, some gaps in their collections. Um, but, yeah, it was – and just the dinner in itself, it was it was huge. Um, it was probably the most most number that will – from what I, can, what I can tell. And it was a lot more organised this year as well. Um, I know in the past it, it's just been really disorganised. I know Luke's uh, touched upon that uh, in his wrap-up as well on, on the Chronicle Chamber Is this um – is this Supernova? Yeah, Supernova. Sorry, yeah, Supernova. Um, this year was a lot more organised. So, for instance, like, if you had your pre-purchase tickets, you go in, they scan it, they give you a, you know, a, an armband, and you go around into the overflow section. and Yeah, it was just a lot more organised, um, you know, which meant people weren't waiting out in the rain or, you know, waiting out in the cold. Yeah, because I remember last year we were waiting for... Oh, at least an hour, if not more, to get just into the door. Even though we'd yeah. already brought tickets, it was a a lot of people were upset. I remember. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. rightly so too. Yeah, well, I know the Comic Con in uh, in Perth this year as well was very similar. As that, I waited about a year and a half to get in. Um, oh, really? That was just you know, and there was you know there was people behind us that would have waited you know two two hours to uh you know to get in as well. So. Um, you know, huge ticks to the people at Supernova. It was, it was a lot smoother. Um, and they even let people in about 20 minutes early as well. So it was um, Oh, that's really great. Cool. So what, what was the crowd like? So I remember last year you could hardly move inside the con itself. It was really hard to look yeah. through the back issues because people were bumping into you and you couldn't really spread out the books you were looking for. It was quite daunting task. Yeah, yeah it was like that again. Um I know for the last couple of years, uh, there's kind of like an overflow section, um, which is kind of like, it's like the dome which it's under. Like some years they've only been opening up half of it, but this year they've actually opened up the whole lot. Oh, good. So they, so they put like all of the, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher and the Hoff and uh, Prince uh, King Edward uh, from the TV shows, like the big... The, uh, the big draw cards. They put them out in the uh, overflow section along with some other stalls. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot better. Um, it was still really, really crowded. Um, yeah, and you know, you, 
you're moving, you're, you know, you're kind of like the running of the bulls where you're kind of running over each other. And, um, but it was definitely a lot more organised. Oh, good. good. Yeah, I remember last year it was quite quite the problem just trying to get around the place, especially after you've bought a heap of stuff and carrying bags around. And, yeah. yeah, all posters and original artwork that you don't want to get creased. Exactly. Know, like that. Exactly, yeah. It's... um can be quite a scary thing where you're carrying around an expensive bit of art. You're like, oh, God, don't let this get damaged. So, I remember I bought some um, original art last year and I actually ended up asking the artist if I could leave it at her stall just so it wouldn't get mangled between, you know, picking it up and walking through the con looking at other stuff. And luckily yeah. she was nice enough to let us do that. So, Yeah, Alex did something very similar with some of his artwork and his prints as well. Um, I know a few of the guys like brought a whole pile and then um, he took it to the dinner where they picked it up and that. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah. just for those that, that may not know, that's Avix Alex Saviuk. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Um, Saviuk or Saviark. Um, I'm sorry, Alex, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I'm still getting last name wrong. Um, but, yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, he's, he's done a fair bit of stuff for, um, for Egmont and he's done some Moonstone stuff as well, I think? Yes, he did a, uh, a Generations, Moonstone Generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also done the Defenders of the Earth, of course. Oh, yes. That's right. He, that was that was his first, probably, introduction to Phantom fans, I, I guess, is that Defenders yeah. of the Earth series. Yeah, um, he penciled it and Fred Fredericks inked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also done a whole bunch of stuff for Marvel and DC as well. And Tops as well. Yep, Tops as well. So, um, for those of, those of you in Australia who may not be getting the US comics, um, just looking at my database at the moment, the issues he's done um, that it Fru have reprinted are 1420, which is the, the Phantom Man or Myth issue, um, 1457, which is the Phoenix Mystery Part 3, and... Issue 1655, which is the Devil Camp. He may have done more than that, but I haven't bought every single through issue of late, so there might be some I'm missing, but he's done at least those three. Yeah, um, he's also done The Whistleblower, which is another recent one. Oh, yes, I need to pick that up. I heard that was quite good. Uh, yeah, that's 1664. So I think there's five all up, actually, that he's done. Um... The Phoenix, the Phoenix one he has done, he actually did that with uh, Dick uh, Goriander, or I think he's, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and there was another number which was 1392. Did you say that one as well? Um, yes. Okay, yeah, so there's been, yeah, there's been five altogether. Cool. So he's done a fair bit of stuff. Awesome. So, um, you said there wasn't, a heck of a, um, a lot of Phantom collectibles there because, um, well, I suppose, unfortunately, the Phantom's not the most popular character at these cons because they're aiming to get the gaming market in and all that sort of stuff. But um, what was there? Would you consider it to have, a, have had a good selection of collectibles or was it just kind of back issues in the odd ring? Um, it was probably, it was very balanced. Like, uh, this year they probably, I think last year they really only had maybe three comic comic places, but there was at least five that I went to, and I didn't end up going 
uh, was able to go through the whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but going on from the reactions from some of the other guys, there was there was a lot more uh, comic stuff this year. Um, yeah. I think there was about two um, aisles of artists and and stuff like that as well. Oh, very um, nice. Yeah, yeah, and then of course there was um, uh, well, another Phantom friend, uh, Phantom Rabbito, as he is known, who did his uh, spray on tattoos. Who's got a couple of uh, Phantom ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, so it was definitely a lot more. It was yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot of stuff. Like you get all your Magnus stuff and your gaming stuff and and your voice actors and stuff like that as as normal and um, you know as like that stuff, but there was, yeah, there was, there was good. There was um, a fair bit of stuff to be able to choose from. Oh, good. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because I've been to um, many comic conventions um, over, over the years, and the first one I went to was Comic, uh, no, sorry, Oz Comics, which um, Cy Barry was at, and Glenn Ford, but he's at everything. Um, and it kind of, went from that point it's totally gone downhill in regards to how comics are um, represented I guess at these things because it was uh, Oz Comics and then after that it became Comic Fest which was pretty good for for a number of years and then when Supernova came in they changed it to a pop culture convention so it was more like you say your movies and your video games and slowly um, over the years there's been less and less comic stuff what, uh, as manga and um, movies and video games take over, which is a shame because there's not really a, um, a actual comic convention, at least in Sydney, that I know of anyway. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I think there's definitely a revival or revival you know, coming along with the comics and all that. Like um, there was, in Supernova, there was quite a few... You know, you had your Alex Saviak, you had your George Perez, um, and there was a couple of other guys as well that were quite um, well-known in the Marvel and DC universes as well. Yeah, I remember uh, I remember looking through the guest list when it was first announced, thinking, wow, how did they how did they get these people here? There were some very impressive names on the list. Yeah, and I think... And there's some other cons coming around, like there's Comic-Con, which has got, I think, Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth. And then there's Armageddon as well, which is um, seems to be uh, growing in numbers as well. So I think there's definitely uh, an interest uh, again, you know, whether that could be because of Big Bang Theory and other, you know, pop uh, TV shows and movies like, you know, Batman and Superman and that coming out. But uh, it's definitely increasing, which I think is good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So... Um I understand you met a few Phantom cosplayers as well this year. Yes. Um, I, I guess that's uh, probably the story that's come out of um, Supernova is, um, uh, is we had there was three Phantom cosplayers at, um, at Sydney, mm-hmm. and I went to the Perth one yesterday, and there was another Phantom one as well. So. Um, oh, great. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll post a photo up on Facebook um, probably later today on that as well. But uh, there was... Um, the Phantom Collector's friend, uh, Bill Higgins, who dressed up as the Phantom, and then um, later on he went into incognito as Mr. Walker with his yep. trench coat and hat, which was pretty clever. Um, and then there was a, another Phantom who was hanging around with the Incredibles, 
<laughs> and then there was the um, the one that that's on everyone's lips, I guess, which was uh, which was Julie Walker. Um, and then there's that photo where um, with uh, Luke with his hands behind his back and yeah. um, looking Julie, very happy. Yeah, and Julie Walker giving him a big hug. Yeah, yes, it's it's quite a it's quite a good photo. <laughs> I must admit, when I um when I first saw that, I did have a have a bit of a chuckle about that. <laughs> yeah, cool. that's a bit of a. There's, there's been a few stories that have gone around uh, with the, the, the uh, lead up to the photo and the aftermath of the photo as well, <laughs> and, um, as wires and partners saw the photo and, and stuff like that as well. So no, it was it was a good time. But, but you know, as much as it's um, you know kind of funny and stuff to to see you know these guys um, hugging a female phantom, I think if you want to take a positive spin out of that, the fact that a female cosplayer who's dressed up as a male character um, for any character is, is a pretty big thing because obviously they need to love the character and the character needs to be really well known for a female version of it to be uh, recognised at a convention. So the fact that she's dressed up as a female version of the Phantom, who most people obviously know as male, and she doesn't have the cowl on, it's just the mask and the purple suit, I think that sort of, in a roundabout way, says that the Phantom is still quite popular um of course we're in australia so he's one of the one of the biggest audiences here here for him but mostly you see anime costumes you see you know your marvel and dc costumes but to see a phantom costume and a female version of it i think that really speaks to how popular the character is yeah maybe there's a untapped market for the female audiences as well yeah yeah maybe dynamite should pay attention and release a second series with um just Julie as the as the hero. Yeah, or even Heloise as yeah. you know a spin off uh, alternative universe as the twenty second Phantom. Yeah, well um, I remember um in Egmont there was that uh I can't remember the name of the issue, I think it was a two part story where Kit Junior and Heloise had grown up and become the Phantom and were working together and they had a big tiger, I think, instead of devil. Yes. That that was really cool, so they could definitely take that idea somewhere. Yeah, because I think, so all up we saw four Phantoms dressed up as, well, four people dressed up, including the Perth one, and two of them were females, so. Oh, that's great. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, maybe, maybe there is room for it. I, because I always thought it was, it was more of a, a male hero than a, than a female one, so maybe I'm wrong in that as well. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting that it went to both Sydney and Perth. How did the two compare? Was one better than the other, or was it kind of the same? Or, um, well, the Perth one's definitely smaller, mm-hmm. uh, but you know that's to be expected, I guess, um, because you know Perth has a smaller audience, uh, and it is you know literally on the other side of the uh, of Australia, which is a fairly big continent. Yeah. Um, but no, I still think it was good. Like there was still like there was heaps of people. Perth again was organised a lot better this year than last year. Um, there was and there was definitely a lot of. Um, I think there's probably in Sydney there was a lot more magna mm-hmm. um, and Japanese anime uh, influence. Where in Perth there's there's a lot more of the other stuff. Like there was a lot of uh, uh, Doctor Who. You know, dress ups, Doctor Who stuff, uh, as well. So um, that's interesting. 
Yeah, like there was, you know, there was couples, you know, one was dressed up as a Dalek, and <laughs> another one dressed up pram as a Dalek as well. And, um, so, yeah, so I guess Perth's probably maybe a third to a, maybe two, maybe half, half the size smaller than what Sydney is. Oh, okay. Um, people and in booths and stuff like that. But um, it's definitely been growing. Uh, like this year they had to hold the seminars and the cosplay in like uh, a couple of buildings down the road and all that as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, I guess even, you know, both are definitely growing and it's definitely uh, gaining um, interest. Yeah, cool. So, um, the... I completely just lost my train of thought. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes and trying to talk at the same time. Um, so the the show um, that Alex put on, he did a bit of a talk, didn't he? Did you go to that? or No, you were in line uh, trying to get some artwork or something, weren't you? No, no, no. I, I, I did manage to go to that. Um, uh, so, yeah, so Alex uh, gave a talk for about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex is just one of those, you know, perfect gentlemen who just you know, is more willing to talk to us, you know, geeks and, you know, fans and stuff like that. So he gave a, a great talk just on his history, which was started off in the 70s, or the late 60s, I believe. Yep. Um, you can tell in his talk that he's definitely got a soft spot for the Phantom. Um, just, you know, like his poster that was behind him was the Phantom. Um you know, he talked about how he had the opportunity to um, uh, assist Sky Barry in the early 70s, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, yep. Which uh, which was the first time I'd ever heard of that. Um, he talked about his brush with, you know, the Defenders of the Earth. Um, he, he also, what was interesting was uh, how he mentioned how he had a fair bit to how he basically wrote the scripts for Defenders of the Earth as well. Like, he was given a, a brief, like, a, a couple, like, a page on what the story was about, and he had to write the rest. So they used uh, the Marvel method, basically, to write those. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, from memory, that was his second... It was, like, his second time or third time he worked on the Marvel stuff, so mm-hmm. it was quite new to him because he was doing DC before. So, um, yeah, it was interesting, and um, and a lot of fans got to have a look at the uh, original artwork and some of the script for uh, Defenders of the Earth issue 5 as well, which uh, was never produced. Yeah, that would have been nice to see. Yeah, there was, it was very nice, it was, um, and there was some really good fight scenes and all that with the fan and stuff like that as well, so, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely worth... Uh, going just to have a look at that, I guess, which yeah. I don't think many people would say. So, did he give any uh, indication as to why the series was cancelled? Was it just not selling? Did they lose the rights, or did he mention that at all? Um, no, he didn't mention that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Still, stuff. Yeah, don't know why it was cancelled. Yeah, fair enough. Oh well, maybe with the new Dynamite series, we'll you know be able to have our Defenders of the Earth fixed. Um, well, cool. So, so let's um, move on to the dinner. So, where was the? This was the twenty fifth dinner, I believe, of the yes. um, Lee Fort Club. Yes. 
So whereabouts was was that held? Because I think last time it was held in an Italian restaurant, I think, wasn't it? Was it, uh, it was a Turkish time? restaurant Turkish just restaurant. outside of the city. Um, this was at a... It was the club Tadis, Tadis Vale or um, something like that. Sorry, I um, can't remember what, what the name was. But it was in the middle of the city, just off uh, Pitt Street Mall. Oh, yeah. Um, it was very nice. So downstairs you had the, uh, you know, it was like about a three-storey building or something like that. So um, the food was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the food might have been a bit posh for some people. <laughs> uh, but no, the food was very good. Um, it was very very stylish, very uh, presented very well. Um, the desserts, from what people have told me, was... Um, was you know was probably the best out of the three courses. Yeah. And um and there was a lot of booze which a lot of people uh, took advantage of. Um. So no, overall it was probably the best dinner I've gone to. I've only ever I've only gone to four dinners. Mm-hmm. But out of the ones I've gone to, it was, it was the best. I've talked to a lot of the other guys, a lot of the older guys, uh, like John Cooks and Paul Maroney and um, Brad Peach and. And Gary Horn and some of these other guys who have, you know, gone to like the last 13, 14, 15 dinners. Now you've called them old, they mightn't talk to you again. <laughs> um, so no, they've they they said themselves that it was, you know, some of the one of the better ones they've gone to. And um, there was the most the most items they've ever had for auction. There was sixty one items, I think it was, from wow. memory. Um, and they went from everything from, you know. 750 to you know I think the cheapest one sold for about um, uh, for about thirty dollars so there was a lot of um, you know stuff ranging from different um, prices which was good because it enabled everyone to be able to have a go at, at bidding on some stuff yeah. well I got a uh, email from Richard Richard Fry the guy who organizes the dinners. Um, and he said that they raised they raised eight thousand dollars for the children's hospital. So that's that's pretty good. Yes, um, I I spent about a th- I spent just over a thousand dollars on the night myself. Wow, well done. So yeah, uh, so it's just some of the items which uh, obviously there's a wrap up of on the uh, on the post that that's on the website mm-hmm. um, with some of the rough prices um, from memory. Um, I must admit, and some of them are not exact because um, uh, some people drank too much and other people were quite tired, jet lagged. Yep. But there was it was great. Um, there, there was a a portrait that uh, Antonio Lemos, um, who's a fruit cover, a fruit cover artist, he donated to the Shepherd family. Oh, fair enough. That's that's a painting of uh, Jim Shepherd reading a uh, a comic. And it's, it's, very, it's a very nice piece. Because um, yeah, the dinner was um, dedicated to the memory of Jim Shepard as well, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, yes. Sorry, I'll backtrack a little bit. Uh, thanks for that. That's uh, right. So Judith attended, uh, Judith Shepard, who's now the uh, publisher and editor of Fruit Publications, who is the wife of the late Jim Shepard. Um, she, looked in ver- she looked very well. She looked uh, like a good in good health, uh, in good spirits as well. Um, so it was nice to see her and it was nice to see her there. Um, 
So as per custom, we toast leaf fork at the start of every dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, we also toasted uh, Jim Shepherd as well, um, which I think is going to be a new tradition where we will toast Jim and Lee at the same time. Yeah. Um, in memorial of that, uh, Nigel Johnson, uh, who's better known as doing the price guides, he did up some uh, tea towels with uh, Jim and Lee with a little picture of the Phantom. They were there was about a hundred of those sold as well, or quite a lot. They were, and the money was raised for the uh, children's hospital as well. So um, we also got a coaster, which uh, had which had you know in memorial of uh, Jim Shepherd. So I think it was great how we remembered such an awesome and a, an amazing guy in the Phantom Universe. Because um, if it wasn't for him, I doubt we'd be doing this podcast and I doubt the comic will even still be alive. Exactly. You're very right. Cool. So um, I just should mention too, I forgot to mention at the start, um, for those who came in late... Oh, geez, that was a pun. I didn't even mean to say that. Um <laughs> For those who came in late, the Lee Fork Memorial Bengala Explorers Club is actually a club that was created uh, in 1999 after the death of Lee Fork by Australian fans Tony DiDio and Richard Fry, who, as we said before, are the two guys who basically organised the dinners. Um, they've been having at least one dinner each year since then, but I think sometimes they have two or three, just um, depending on what all the various members of the club are doing. And there's no secret handshake or anything to join the join the club. You don't. It's, there's not actually a membership system as such. You just kind of turn up to the dinner, and if you're a Phantom fan, you're welcome. At least that's how it was described to me by Richard the first time I went. Um, if you're interested in a bit of the history, there is a page on the Chronicle Chamber website that goes into a bit more depth. But um, I just thought we should mention that it is actually an Australian created club, and actually it was such a good idea that the Scandinavian fans contacted Richard and asked if they could have their own um, chapter of the of the club. So there are two in the world, but the Australian one uh, was the very first. So uh, I believe at the at the dinner that Alex gave another speech there and did some drawings and stuff as well, Jermaine. Yes, yes, he did. He um, he did like there was a I don't know an A two or A one pad. And he just did up a couple of sketches. Again, photos are on the website and on mm-hmm. Facebook, I believe. Um, yep. But no, it was very good. They went for around seven fifty and seven hundred each. Um, very nice. And his talk was very, it was very touching. He um, also mentioned the late uh, Ed Rhodes, who was instrumental in uh, him getting the uh, Egmont uh, gig for drawing on the Phantom, and also for the second time around as well, because. Um, with the new um, with the new editors uh, coming on board as well, so um, so yeah, so we're very thankful for I guess for Ed who who enabled Alex to be able to um, do some work on the Phantom as well. So oh great, yeah the the pictures of him drawing look really cool. I I'm quite quite upset that I missed that to be honest. <laughs> Stupid lack of money. Um, <laughs> so, the auction was the bidding crazy, or was it just Renee sort of outbidding everyone? Or how how was that this year? 
Um, well, I guess for those who don't know, Renee is a uh, is an avid fan of fan who seems to have deeper wallets than a lot of other people. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the the history is that he, you know normally he outbids a lot of people, but this year there was a lot of other uh, people with just as deep pockets as it seemed. Um, uh, there was a new guy called, uh, there was a new guy, I think he was from Queensland. Uh, he won quite a lot. Um, and then there was also, we also had the Northern Territory uh, Speaker in the Parliament. Um, she also bid on quite a bit. And there was another uh, couple that sat a couple of seats down from me as well. And they also had a go at out, outbidding on a few people as well. And then there was also John from New Zealand, um, who... I think he ended up winning the uh, the silver statue of the Phantom, um, and I think he also won the pins that were donated from Brazil as well. So um, yeah, so there was there was a f- quite a few people with deep pockets mm-hmm. um, that were so it was good. Like a lot of people got a lot of stuff. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, the um the items are very, very nice. I'm just looking at some of the pictures on the website now. The the knives from um, Bradford, when they were first announced, I kind of looked at them and went, oh, yeah, I don't know if I really want those knives. But seeing a picture of them, all all of them there together on the um, on the bracket, they look very, very pretty. I'm um, tempted to go and buy them now. <laughs> uh, get your wife, get your partner to do it for your birthday and Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should probably look at me and go, what do you want knives for? But anyway, um, and the um, um, triangular coffee mug. I've, I've wanted to get that set with the coffee mugs and the teapot um, for a long time. I don't know um, how many out there know, but I'm an avid tea drinker. So to have that in, in my collection would be very, very cool for me personally. But the artwork that was included is beautiful. The, um, the Glen Ford prints, they look like prints. It looks like they're printed on the canvas that I think he originally created for those knives from Bradford but they didn't end up using it um, uh, yeah, I think they are in the knives but a lot of the artwork is lost oh okay. Um, oh yes yes you're right they've put other things over selling, it yeah sorry he's actually selling them outside of the auction so, um, uh, so they're very nice the vultures one uh, the vultures uh, print has come up a treat. It's, um, it's really, really nice. The Sala and Phantom one is another quite popular one, but um, I think that might be because Sala's showing a bit of leg. <laughs> Always helps. <laughs> but no, they, they were quite popular as well. I know there was a few people that were buying and putting in orders with Glenn Ford as well. So Glenn also did a painting of Jim Shepard with the Phantom uh, bowing. Oh, wow. Um, that went for around six hundred dollars. That that was very nice as well. Very cool. Yeah, I'd love to get the um, the vampires of Kukulkania. I think it is. Um, I'd love to get that because that's just just looking at the photo it looks beautiful. So, as these are prints, I'm assuming that they're not, you know, one offs. He'll make one up for you if you contact me. Yes, I believe so. Cool, cool. And um, just looking through the artwork. Here, the uh, it, it looks like Paul, some Paul Ryan um, comics newspaper strips. Um, 
No, they are... There's some black and white artist proofs from Terry uh, Beatty, who's the the new Sunday artist. Uh, oh, his, his style looks quite similar to Paul Ryan's. At least judging, you know, just looking at the photos anyway. Yeah. And there was also a Graham Nolan original uh, Sunday page as well. Oh, wow. From 2006. Um, Graham Nolan was quite, is, well, in my opinion, one of the uh, better fan artists. Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that. And so, and he's only he's only done what about five years worth of the fandom, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a lot of people, this was a treasured item. It was one of the more expensive ones. It yep. went for around seven hundred and ten dollars. Oh wow! I ended up winning it. So uh, oh well done. But um, I had to outbid quite a few people to get that, and um, I had Luke uh, was standing in front of my wife protecting. Yeah, there's there's often a few evil looks between partners at that at that dinner once the auction starts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. So um there's two they look like original artworks here. One of Julie Walker sort of running um through the jungle and another one of just the Phantom's face, a kind of bus shot with um a bit of a jungle background. Who was the artist that did those? There's, it doesn't show it in the in the image, the photo I've got here. Uh, the the female phantom that is uh, d- done by Anil Vokes, mm-hmm. who's a who's a friend of Alex. Oh, okay. Um, that went for around eighty dollars, I believe. Oh, really? I would have bought that for eighty dollars. It's really nice. <laughs> if you if you uh, if your partner would allow you to have something like that in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's um. She's not going to break her nose if she falls over. <laughs> um, the profile coloured one, which was really, really nice, uh, that's done by a Matthew Clark, mm-hmm. who is another friend um, of Alex, who I believe did some previous work on Ghost Rider, Doom Patrol, Punisher and Superman. Okay. And there was a couple of other artists, um, which I guess we probably should mention, that did some... Uh, that did some nice stuff that was donated through Alex. There was uh, the Phantom with his arms crossed. That was done by Chris Sprouse, um, who's done some Superman and Legions of uh, Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a Bo Hampton and a M.L. Peters as well. Um, so, yeah, so that was very nice of Alex to organise some up-and-coming artists uh, to get some of their um, artwork donated, which was good to see. Yeah, that's great. So, obviously, um, quite a successful auction. Oh. Yes. Okay, yes, so... dollars um, going to uh, the Children's Hospital is, is, very, is a very good um, outcome. Yes, it's a very good cause. It's a very good cause. So, um, I think we've covered pretty much every angle of both the gathering and the, and the dinner. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? Um, I guess we probably didn't really touch on the lunch. There was about probably ten people that came out to the lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, we had it in a uh, cafe just outside of the um, uh, the, the dome, which was nice because it meant we were able to you know sit down and eat instead of standing or you yeah. know sitting on cold concrete like we had in the past. <laughs> yeah, I remember the um, first year we stole some chairs from somewhere. Yeah. Yes, I remember <laughs> that as well. But luckily, there was actually sun then. It's been raining the last yeah. couple of years. 
Yeah, the weather has been against us. Um, yeah, the dinner, the dinner was good. Uh, you know, I think, again, people had to be kicked out because we were hanging around for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there was, was a nice range of stuff. Like, there was artwork, there was paintings, um, there was... Uh, like there was memorabilia, like there was some cards and some glasses donated. Um, so yeah, it was it was good to see the range of stuff as well. Good. All right. Well, um, the gathering will definitely be on again next year, and um, we'll probably have it at Supernova again. But if um, anything changes, obviously we'll put it up on the website. So keep checking there for information and. I've already started saving, so I'm definitely going to be there next year. I'm looking forward to it. And um, I would say that the, the Lee Fork dinner will be on again. I think they've um, sort of rigged it now, so it, it's the same night as Supernova. They've done that for the last three, four years, so I think it'll probably keep happening because it tends to be a good turnout for them. Yeah. And, um, of course, all the people visiting Sydney because um, most of us don't actually live in Sydney. We get to go to the convention and spend lots of money there as well. So, yes, it'll, I'm sure it'll be on again next year. So um, I think that's pretty much covered everything in regards to those. Is there any other fandom-related stuff you'd like to discuss, Jermaine, before we close this out? Um, no, not really, I guess. I guess there's just you know there's the there's the through issues but there's a new um there's a new rider coming out um, mm-hmm. with the through issue um, so that's it's good to see some new blood being done with that yep very good uh, it's issue one six six seven the the Basilix, I think is how you say it uh, Philip Madden is his name um, I know he's got a couple of others couple of other stories coming out as well so um yeah cool yes um we've, we are planning uh to have a through special uh episode at some point um we're just gonna gonna figure out exactly what the details of that are but it will be coming up so we'll be able to get into through in um great detail further down the line um, apart from that, though, I'd just like to mention if you've checked out the website today, which is the 30th of the 6th, um, I've just spent this morning re-jigging uh, the Chronicle Chamber form. So it's all nice and fancy now. We gave it a new uh, layout. It's a lot easier to navigate. It looks a lot prettier, and um, I fixed up a lot of the behind-the-scenes uh, code and stuff, so hopefully it'll run a lot smoother as well. The forms have um, unfortunately not been getting a lot of love lately uh, because obviously a lot of people on Facebook and things like that. But the great thing about forms or message boards like our ones is that you can get into very detailed discussion, which can be a bit tricky on Facebook because after three or four people comment on different topics, the original topics tend to get buried at the bottom of the page. But um, on the forum, you can always find them. You'll get an email sent to you whenever a reply is posted to something you're watching so if you haven't checked out our forms yet or it's been a while since you've visited them please come along and check them out because they're all pretty now and hopefully um, with with the improvements made it'll get the discussion flowing again um, the other little bit of news still related to Chronicle Chamber is that the podcast expand the one you're currently listening to is 
available um, to download on iTunes, so you can subscribe to that, so you make sure you don't miss an episode. Uh, the first episode is already up on iTunes. I put it up there just a couple of hours after it originally came out on the website, but you can subscribe now, so you'll be sure to get every episode. Um, so that's pretty much it, I think. Thank you very much for joining joining me, Jermaine, and filling us in on what happened in Sydney. Uh, well, it's a pleasure. Any time. Awesome. Well, we might get you back for the um, Fru special. Would you be happy to join us for that one? Yeah, definitely. If uh, if the fans want to listen to me again. <laughs> well, I'm happy to listen to you, and I run the podcast, so they don't have any choice. No, no, not really. Not really. I listen to the readers of the website. Um, so, yeah, check out chroniclechamber.com if you haven't already. If you haven't checked it out, you're doing pretty well finding this podcast. Obviously, you've searched The Phantom or something on Google or iTunes, and that's come up, so... Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode. It, as of today, has had 166 uh, listens and or downloads um, because obviously on the website it's hosted on, you can do either and the, the tracker tracks both but doesn't distinguish between which is which. But 166 listens and or downloads, which I think is pretty good for the first episode of a very, um, I was going to say clicky, but that's not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? I know, a small group of fans, anyway, because you've got a small subculture in comics and then a smaller one in that who are fan of fans. So thank you to everyone who listened to that. Um, I've already mentioned the website, but don't forget to check out our Facebook page, the regular Chronicle Chamber 1 and Phantom Collectors as well. Uh, if there's anything you'd like to let us know about, any news, you want to comment on the uh, podcast or anything on the website, you can email it email us at chroniclechamber at gmail.com, post your comments on Facebook, or now check out our brand new fancy forms and post your thoughts on there. So, I think that'll do us for this episode, episode two of the X-Band. So, thank you everyone for joining us. Jermaine, thank you again for helping me out with this episode. No worries. Alright, great. Well, we'll talk to everyone on Facebook or on the forums or somewhere out there in the interwebs. So thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you in episode three. See you later.